How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Ah, uh, yes, how we doing? Welcome once again, my friend, to Station B. Oh, B, where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. And of course, I am your host, Dr. Rob. And as always, I'm feeling good, looking good, doing good. And it is a bright and sunny day on my side of town. How is the weather on your side of town? Well, if the sun is not shining on the outside, I certainly hope it's shining on your inside. Okay, the sun is always shining, even when it's raining. That's what I'm talking about. That's how I see things. And so... Got another hot topic for you today. Yes, indeed. Not hot. Check that. It's not a hot topic. It's a top topic. Okay. And so, with that said, today, oh, you know, before I get started, I just want to point out that this is podcast number 60. I cannot believe I have done this 60 times. And the reason why I am at podcast number 60 is because of you. I want to thank you for your support. You inspire me to keep going. I, I'm inspired anyway, but it's even more inspiring that you want to listen to me. And I'm glad I can say something. That you might want to tune into, listen to. And thank you so much. Thank you. And as I always used to say, tell a friend, tell a foe, tell everybody you know to to download Station B.O.B. Where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being. And so now, let's get down on it. Life After Divorce, Part 1. Yes, I said part one. This is going to be a two-part podcast, okay? See, life after divorce. And let me just say for the record, there is life after divorce. And I just want to say that to to the men and women who might think, hey, I'm 40, I'm 42, I'm 39, I have two kids, yeah, I have three kids. Uh, what am I going to do if I get divorced? You're going to start living the life you wasn't living when you were married. That's what you're going to do, okay? So there is life after divorce, okay? And 
today I'm just going to discuss the experience, you know, that you could, this is really, you know, this is about divorce, but it's really about the experience, the emotions, the thoughts, the feelings, what happens, you all know, what could happen to, to a person when they are considering, experiencing, and going through a divorce. And so this is part one, what, what could happen up to either while you're still in the house or after you are out of the house, but the papers have not yet been signed. You're just going through that experience because now the divorce, the word is out, the cat is out the bag. Yes, yes, we are getting a divorce. It is out there. And so now what? And so like I said, um, I'm just going to discuss the experience as to what goes on, what could be happening up to the divorce. And then in part two, I will discuss what it could be like after the ink has dry has dried on your divorce settlement papers. So you see, the thing about divorce is it usually seems to rear its ugly head when our marriages appear, you know, at least in our minds and hearts to be what we might consider to be bad marriages, terrible, oh, test terrible, horrible marriages, or perhaps you and your spouse may have just simply grown apart. Or for some people, they might wake up and, and just realize that they do not want to be married anymore. I I know I sound excited when I say that, but I don't necessarily agree with that. But there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just stating the fact that it happens. And it happens more than you know. And nevertheless, whatever the reason for divorce in your scenario, on the surface... See, this is we're talking about the feelings, the thoughts. Oh my God, the stuff that you go through prior, you know, just emotionally. You know, divorce may seem to be what you want and the way, you know, to go in order to find a better life for yourself or with someone else. At least that is what I thought when I was in a bad marriage for the first time around in pursuit of what I thought would be an instant divorce from from a woman that not only I did not love but also she was she was on the evil side oh my god and that's what led you know to my divorce and so the the I found that the divorce experience was nothing and I repeat nothing like I thought it would be at the time, you know, I saw commercials on television that promoted, you know, the idea that a person could get divorced in five minutes for $250. And at that time, that seemed exciting and the way to go. Except reality kicked in. Yeah, that's right. Reality kicked in for sure. <laughs> Okay, so I didn't pay $250 for my divorce. It was more like several thousand dollars. And if you continue to fight, you know, while you're in the process and you believe there's something else that you're supposed to be entitled to or something you didn't get before you split, then it, it'll cost you several more thousand dollars. 
just to fight for that thing that might be very important. It's like you have a chance to get out now, but if you go further, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And so, like I said, I thought all you had to do was file for divorce, and when your court date came up, the judge would sign off on the papers, and I would be divorced, and then I could get on with my life free from the grips of the ex-wife, right? Wrong. Divorce is nothing like that. And if you have experienced a divorce proceeding, I am sure you would agree with me. The divorce process and the divorce experience is nothing to play with and is nothing like what you might think it is. First of all, when you even think about a divorce, you may be totally focused on yourself, your happiness, and all the things that go into, you know, thinking about how awful, how bad things are in this marriage. But what about the kids? What about that child or children that you love and they love you too? All the time you have spent with them, cried with them, traveled with them, sat by their bedsides to read stories to them, help them to not be afraid of the dark or be afraid of the boogeyman. And now, and now, it's come down to a time and date that you have to tell your child or children that you are leaving, you're leaving home because you and their mother or their father are getting a divorce. Oh my God. Yeah, that is not good. Okay, that is not good. You see, Perhaps you didn't think about that. And at first, when you were getting inspired about divorcing, you know, this person, your your wife or your husband, you, that you didn't want to be with anymore. Then, I mean, and some people think about the kids right up front, but I'm just saying that the children become more and more of a uh, fixture in your mind, if you will, for lack of a better word. And I dealt with that issue real hard when it came to leaving my daughter, the only child from that marriage. And and what did I do? Well, I did not tell my daughter I was leaving because she would not have been able to handle that. As she was only three years old at the time. And we had we had an unbreakable bond, a father and daughter's bond. See, I always wanted a daughter as my my firstborn because when I used to date in, in my early adult life, you know, I used to get dumped a lot. I tell this story all the time, and so you know, me for me having a daughter. As my first child, I just felt like I could love her unconditionally and and not have to be dumped. Then, of course, you know, that was wonderful. And then she became a teenager. And, oh, my God, did I get dumped. But she's in college now. And she's getting back on track. And we're getting back to the, to the, to, we're, we're still bonding now. As a matter of fact, I have to tell you that I would not have been able to handle my daughter's response to the news, you know, that I told her, you know, that I was 
splitting up with her mother. That would have affected my willingness to leave as well, knowing how much my daughter would be devastated had she known in advance that I was leaving. But, B-U-T, it gets worse than that. Because, you see, I did tell the soon-to-be ex-wife that I was leaving. And she did not want me to leave, of course. But she also pressed me very hard to give her a date as to when I would be moving out of the house. And I knew I couldn't. I knew I couldn't do that. And I'll tell you in a minute why I couldn't do that. Because, you see, she was adding an extra layer, if you will, that, that she was trying to create regarding my departure. So... Because this is, see, I know I know her moves, okay? And this is what she would have done had she known the date, the day and date that I was actually going to move out. Because, you know, I couldn't tell her. She was pressing me, and I'd say, I don't know. I'll let you know when I do know. You'll be the second person to know. But I knew that I really could not tell her. But I had to say something. And because she would have taken a day off from work, Yes, she would have, but not only that, she would have not sent my daughter to school or taken her to school, and then I would have had to leave, walk out of that house with my daughter there watching me, and she would be crying, oh my God, as she saw her father walk out the door, and you know what, I would be crying too, and I have to tell you that, I mean, I was not turning back. I mean, you know, I had made up my mind. If I, if I got busted during my, you know, escape from the crib, if I got busted, I did not want my daughter to see me walking out the door, but things were so bad. It was a move that had to be made. It would have been the wall, the longest walk of my life, but I would, I would have left anyway because it it had to happen. It had to happen. And as I say, this would be devastating for my daughter and for me as well. Oh, my God. And so the, the, the ex-wife, she knew where my heart was. And so she would have orchestrated that devastating experience for our child. So I had to be smarter than that, of course, and not tell either one of them the date or day of which I was actually moving out. And I knew that. And I knew the date. And the crazy thing about the date that I chose to move out on was it was February 27, 2003. And as that date approached, oh, my God, I began to feel like very queasy in my stomach. It was like I, I it was like. Oh my God. It's like I had something, I had to do something to end my marriage, but it was hard, of course, because I did not want to leave my daughter. And of course, to a certain extent, I was very comfortable in the crib where we lived in New Jersey, even though my marriage was not good at all. And I remember me and um, one of my best friends, we used to talk about. You know, he knew I was leaving because he was actually going to help me, you know, get my stuff out the house. And so 
prior to my actual departure, he and I would talk about, you know, how I felt during that time. And he used to say, how you, how you doing, man? How you feel? I used to say, man, man, I'm feeling a tad bit queasy. And he would crack up because, you know, he understood my queasiness because even though it was best that I go forward with my plan to, to move out and divorce, at the same time, I would be leaving my family. And so he understood. And see, one of the craziest things about divorce is that as much as you want to divorce and be gone with the person you are divorcing, it is still a very hard process and experience. It is such a monumental change in one's life, not to mention all the back and forth with your attorney about what the other person's attorney is saying and what they are threatening to do or not do then. All the mail you receive from the courts, the attorneys, the deadlines you have to meet to provide every aspect of your financial information, which seems like it dates back to your first job at McDonald's. Oh, my God. It can be overwhelming, and it was overwhelming for me. As a matter of fact, I stopped reading all of the mail because it was all negative correspondence. And then when I finally opened the mail, I would find out that I missed a very important deadline. I mean, the stress was unbelievable. And I really wanted a divorce. But I had no idea how difficult it is to get divorced. And I'm not even talking about the other person fighting and to stay, to stay together, to keep things together, because that's not an issue. And, you know, where I live, if one person wants out, then it's over. Peace. Okay, so that wasn't the hard part. It's the, just all of the crazy emotions and circumstances that you experience. Not to mention how expensive it can be as well. But, B-U-T, you have to keep going through the process to make it happen. If you want out, then you have to get out. And, oh. And since I, you know, I was already out of the house at the time that my divorce was actually in the works because when I it was like after I left, then I filed the papers to start the process. And so, you know, while you're out of the house during that time, you do not get to see your children. And like I said, I left without telling my daughter and the ex-wife. She knew I was leaving, but she did not know when it would be. But I had three, like, just powerful emotional things or experiences happen to me that I will never forget. And I will share those with you on the other side of the break. Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. 
Robert explores what he calls child porn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show. All right, welcome back. And so, before I pick up with the rest of the story regarding the these three type of emotional experiences I had, which were really like, un, you know, I will never forget these experiences. I just think it's a good time for a joke. You know, I like to have, I like to laugh. I tell jokes. You know, I've even done some comedy, you know, once upon a time. So every now and then I like, a, I like to take a moment just to generate some laughter because laughter is good and we need to laugh every day okay so i'm gonna tell a joke and uh hopefully i can generate some laughter so this is the joke why did the tree want to get on the internet because it wanted to log in (laughs) you get it You get it? I know that was a good one. And so I'm going to keep you posted, and I'm going to keep the jokes coming because we life is too serious, it's too stressful, it's too much of this, too much of that, not enough of this, and not enough of that. So we have to laugh, we have to find, we have to breathe. Yes, breathe. And then we have to laugh. <laughs> Okay, so let's get back on topic. As I was saying, I had these three, um, I don't know what to call them. They were like just things that happened, things that were said to me or or that I said, but they were just at very, very emotional times during this process for me. So check it out. I will never forget these three things. And they, as I said, they had such an impact on me after I left the house. The first one was, so while I'm out of the house, maybe 15, 20 minutes, I'm on the Route 4 in New Jersey with my best friend driving to my temporary place of residence. I was going back to the Bronx. Can you imagine that? I was in Jersey, and I had to head back to the Boogie Down Bronx where it all started. And so, you know, I lived comfortably in New Jersey for several years. And now I'm going back to where I spent the early years of my young adult life in the boogie down Bronx. Anywho, as we driving across route four with the moving truck following us, 
I'm driving, I'm crying, I got my head down, I'm looking up so I don't crash. I was just feeling like shit. And my friend said to me, he said, Rob, pick your head up. If it was good, you would not be leaving. I was like, yo, now that now that's a whoa. That's a whoa. That's hey, that was like I mean, I didn't know what I needed, but I needed that, and he delivered. Like I said, I was like, whoa, that changed my whole energy on my leaving the way I did. You see, part of me felt like I did something wrong, even though I know it was totally right. But to leave my daughter and not be able to leave on good terms made me feel a lot queasy. You see, my ex-wife, she was not about being on good terms. And so I had to bounce the way I did. But when my boy told me to pick my head up because I would not be leaving if it was good, that helped me immensely to further understand that although it is a very hard thing to do. It's hard to leave your f- family, even when things are not good. At least that's that's how I see it, you know. It is still a very hard thing to do. And that got me over the hump until three days later, you know, I'm out of there and I'm in the new you know, I'm in my temporary place of residence in the Bronx. I'm settling in, but I'm missing my daughter. Oh, my God, I'm missing my daughter. And I still, you know, I still felt like a, a certain kind of way, but I was good. Then that Saturday night, my phone rings, and it is my three-year-old daughter. She calling me crying and saying, Daddy, when are you coming home? She said, I want to go downstairs and watch a movie. I was like, whoa, damn. You see, when I was in the house, I had a family room for me and her. We watched movies in there. Sometimes, you know, I watched the football games while she watched her movies. It was a space that, you know, put us in the same Room and we could both do what we wanted to do separately or together, you know. Because when I was growing up with a man in the house, there was one television, one television, and the the household watched what the man wanted to watch. So I didn't want to be that kind of dude. I didn't want to be that kind of man. I wanted to have my private space, but I wanted my daughter to be in on it, to be, you know, to be in the same space where she can do what she wanted to do and I can do what I wanted to do and then we could be happy together, okay? So there were two televisions in this room. And like I said, I can watch my movies, I watch my football games, and she can watch and do whatever she wanted to do. And so now my daughter calls me after I move out, unbeknownst to her. And three days later, she's crying, and she asked me, Daddy. Oh, my God. She said, Daddy, when are you coming home? I 
I cried like a baby. Oh, my God. I, I was like funeral crying. And then I told her, I said, Taylor, daddy is not coming home. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm, that was, that was, oh, my God. That was a tough time. That was one of the toughest moments in my life. And then the next day, okay, now we're going to fast forward to the next day. I was on my way to, to, to a restaurant just to get some breakfast and get into my day. and But I was able to find another way to recover once again. Because as I, you know, I was getting myself together to leave, but then my boss called me. And he called me from the airport as he was on his way to China. And I was shocked and honored that my boss would call me on a Saturday from from the airport as he was on his way to China. And so our discussion went something like this. I said, Bill, you called me while you're on your way to China? Like, wow. He said, Robert, I wanted to see how you were doing after you moved out of the house. He said, I have been through a divorce, and I can only imagine what you are going through. And he said, I I know, Robert, you know, I just wanted to see, you know, to, to see how you were doing. And I said, Bill, man, I need a hug. And he started laughing, and he said, Robert, I know what you're feeling. And he said, but you're going to be all right. He said, first you have to go, go through this divorce process and, and the experience. You have to experience that. And when you come out on the other side, you are going to be all right. He said, you're a good guy. You're smart. And you deserve a chance to be happy in life. And you have to know that everything is going to be all right. And I have to tell you, fast forward 20 years later, everything has been more than all right for a long time now, for like 20 years. And with that, he picked me up off the floor, just as my friend Kent Carmona did when he told me to pick my head up. And so these were some of the very emotional ups and downs for me during the early days of my divorce process, you know, after I left the house. And it was, but it was those words of encouragement that I will never forget and that helped me to get through this very, very arduous process and life experience. I just wanted to share with you some of the things that happen, some of the things you feel. Some of the things you might think, some of the things you don't know, some of the things you might be surprised by. And so, as I said, I just wanted really just to share some of these things, you know, about the divorce process and, you know, and what could happen prior to actually getting divorced. So this is all about your feelings and the people involved and things like that. And yes, there is so much more that happened during that time, but by golly, 
I'd have to write a second book on the topic because I did write a book about this too. It's called Access Denied. And so there is so much more. And this that this will be discussed in part two of this podcast topic. And and this is the part when the real stress, pressure, ups and downs Little excitement, much disappointment, many emotions, and lots of money spent, confusion, anger, doubt, hope. And then finally, you may find some peace of mind, or at least begin, you may begin to walk the path of finding that peace of mind from the divorce war process and experience. Oh, my God. So before I close this out, I wanted to mention also, if you decide to divorce, and as much as it is expensive to have an an attorney, it is better to have an attorney when children are involved because the courts have all the standards for shared parenting time for all occasions from the holidays, funerals, school, karate lessons, summertime, and any other damn thing you can think of regarding your children when you are in the midst of a divorce. Because, you see, without the courts or an attorney, you know, when it comes to divvying up the life of the children, you will be fighting over those issues anyway, you know, because that's just the nature of this experience. But it is much better to to know the legal requirement as to how, you know, to divvy up the life of your child or children. Now, I should say, as I just did, even with a court order, you were still going to fight any damn way. But at least the papers provide, you know, a a, a place for you to know what and how you can do what you want to do, when you can do it, and the times you can do it, and the days you can do it with and on and have to deal with the other person. Oh, my God. And so that's a wrap right now for my talk on what the experience can be leading up to divorce. And part two, we will discuss life after divorce when the papers have been signed and the real struggle begins and seems like it never ends. So stay tuned as part two is coming soon. And I want to thank you once again. This is podcast number 60 for me. You can get my podcast anywhere you get your podcast from Spotify, Apple, Pandora, some of the places I can't even name. But where you look for your podcast, you can find my podcast. Thank you once again, my friend, for tuning in. I hope all is well. Happiness is a choice. And remember, love is an action, not a word. And it is not supposed to hurt. Peace. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me 
at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.